If cattle's your business, then today's show is for you. Patrick Linnell with Cattle Facts is my guest, as we're going to cover several topics that are important to every ranch operation as you look ahead into 2022. The market just has a different tone to it. Um, that means that, you know, with any any market, there's always ups and downs um, with it, but it, it really does feel like the tone is turning. From cattle markets to our national economy and the changing trends in our industry, it's all on today's episode of the Work. Ranch Radio Show. everyone and welcome again to another episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show. It is episode 48. We are glad to have you here with us today. I'm your host, Justin Mills, coming to you all the way from the northeast corner of the Cowboy State of Wyoming. And we appreciate everyone tuning in across the country here on World Radio Channel 147 Sirius XM. And you'll find us right here every Saturday and Sunday at 12 noon Eastern with our program. And, of course, uh, I know we also have a lot of folks tune in via podcast as well. And if you just search any major podcast provider out there under Working Ranch Radio Show, you will find us. And might also mention, I mentioned this a, a few weeks ago, you can also find us on YouTube. Now, there's no video with the show, just the audio, but you can listen to it through YouTube as well. Again, search Working Ranch Radio Show. You will find us. Today is episode 40. Well, this past week, I had the opportunity to head to Rapid City, South Dakota for the Range Beef Cow Symposium that was taking place there. It's an event that happens every other year, and it's hosted by the land-grant colleges out of South Dakota, Nebraska, Wyoming and Colorado and uh, it's always a great conference enjoyed it this this year as well I'm going to share with you uh, a conversation I had with Patrick Linnell with Cattle Facts is going to be our featured interview today as he was there to give his presentation on the outlook and what they uh, are forecasting to see for the cattle industry into 2022 and we're going to talk about a lot of different factors that they think are going to influence the cattle markets and of course you know question I've got is what about the inflation, the national economy and the inflation? How is that going to have a factor in our cattle markets? That's a question that I asked Patrick. So be sure to join us for that. That's going to be our featured interview today. Patrick Linnell with Cattle Facts. Speaking of the Range Beef Cow Symposium, it was good to get out and see a lot of folks that I hadn't seen in a lot of years. As I've started uh, with doing this show for the Working Ranch Magazine, I haven't, uh, I've kind of been on the ranch for several years here and, and not getting out to a lot of different events as much and so it was kind of good to be on the road a little bit and see a lot of folks that uh uh, you've heard here on the program that I've interviewed two folks that I hadn't just seen in, in several years. So it was good to be out and see that and enjoyed that conference in Rapid City, South Dakota. Getting back to on our show today, of course, uh, Patrick Linnell, as I just said, with Cattle Facts will be our featured interview. The Captain Tim O'Byrne will be by in just a moment with this week's edition of Tim's Two Cents. And meteorologist Don Day will be joining us in our final segment today as we take a look at what the long-term weather is going to look like. And again, I am always pushing and I always asking meteorologist Don Day about what's it going to look like for you know, about two to three months out. Are we going to get moisture this spring? And I know a lot of us are, are just kind of 
wanting to have a little more certainty with that, and we're going to try to get as much as we can from meteorologist Don Day. Right now, I do want to thank the sponsors of the Working Ranch Radio Show, the American Simmental Association, and, you know, Simmental is known as the science breed, and the American Simmental Association's carcass merit program, their feed conversion data, and their calving ease research has established Simmental as a beef industry leader that combines growth and carcass value with some very outstanding cow traits. Research that's being backed by some of the most extensively documented genetics and some of the largest multi-breed database in the industry. Sim Genetics, profit through science. Find out more at Simmental.org. Also, Biozyme, protect and recovery with VitaCharge by Biozyme. For more information, visit VitaFirm.com forward slash Vita dash charge. Also, Performance Beef, find Performance Beef online to learn more and request a demo. Also, Hardgrove Ranch Insurance, providing pasture, range, and forage insurance to ranchers all across the nation. Give them a call. Hardgrove Ranch Insurance at 325-573-8975 and ask for a free custom quote. You can also find them online at hardgroveinsurance.com. And finally, it's coming up here Monday before Thanksgiving, November 22nd, Keneal Angus with their fall bull sale. If you'd like to request a cataloger for more information, you can go to KeneallyAngus.com. By the way, do not be afraid, no matter where you are located in the country, do not be afraid to buy a good bull from Keneally Angus. Free wintering, free delivery nationwide. They're out of the Sand Hills in Nebraska. Give Jerry, Gabriel, or Jed a call there at Keneally Angus. Again, their sale coming up on Monday, November 22nd. Well, now let's check in with the captain, Tim O'Byrne, publisher and editor of Working Ranch Magazine for this week's edition of Tim's Two Cents. Hey, Justin, just a few short weeks and everybody's going to be here in Las Vegas, Nevada for the NFR. And we're having our very first Working Ranch Expo December 8th to 10th down at the North Hall of the Las Vegas Convention Center. There's going to be tons to see, a lot of fun, good food, and some great seminar speakers. You could go to Working Ranch mag.com and you'll find all the information there can't wait to see everybody come on down and and visit with us justin you're going to be there i'm going to be there and uh but i do have two cents that i want to throw out there i was just watching the nebraska farm bureau tv show great show and they talked about this uh looming well it's actually a, a fertilizer shortage kind of coming up here right now it's it's kind of a worldwide deal and I did not know that the United States was, you know, imported a significant amount of their uh, fertilizer. And um, prices are going up. The shortage is happening. And it's real. So I want you folks to start researching that and thinking about that if you're not already onto it. Fertilizer shortage worldwide. So let's be on top of that, folks. It's Tim's Two Cents. See you in Vegas. Ah, you bet. Thanks, Captain, for that. And yes, that was also something I heard at the Range Beef Cow Symposium was the the fertilizer shortage that's going to looking like it's coming down. And boy, I'll tell you what, we all play in the kind of the same pool here in the ranching business. So we may not all be much for farmers, but nevertheless, when high fertilizer prices come down the pike, well, 
feed prices can go up too with that and so we all kind of play in that same realm together and so i know that's going to be a, a factor that we need to be aware of well the other topic of course the captain touched on was the working ranch expo december 8th 9th and 10th in las vegas yes i am looking forward to being there as well and hats off to the captain and everyone with working ranch magazine that has done a great job of putting this together and and trying to get ahead the best they can of some of the unknowns whenever you have an event for the first time you're just kind of working to to get things up and going and they have done a great job of having a a good trade show with some very very phenomenal speakers that will be there uh, each of those three days of december 8th through the 10th and you know some of the speakers that are going to be there to present are also ones that have been guests right here on the working ranch radio show guys like dallas mount with ranch management consultants he's going to be doing a couple different presentations also meteorologist don day will be there and lamar steiger if you remember back uh, this last winter we interviewed lamar about walmart and their cooperation and work with 44 farms to supply the beef for their for their grocery stores lamar's going to be there to talk a little bit more about how that's reshaping the beef industry and so i look forward to visiting with lamar appreciate Beringer ingelheim for sponsoring lamar to be there and speaking of that dr joe gillespie with Beringer ingelheim will be there to talk on parasite control in our livestock so be sure to look him up and lamar they will be in the Beringer ingelheim booth that's going to be booth 241 again it's the working ranch expo december 8th 9th and 10th i'm going to be there the captain's going to be there and we are going to have a great time look forward to having you there as well well before we head to break uh, just in step into a little bit more of a serious note here i was on the call with uh, the captain tim o'burn as we were talking about some of the major flooding situations that are taking place up in the northwestern part of the country and into southern Canada. And, you know, all of us have experienced major uh, situations that are are weather-related, and when that happens, you just hurt for those folks that are having to experience that. And just a shout-out, and and also for you all listening, to just keep them in your thoughts and prayers as they are seeing some major devastation due to flooding that's affecting their cropland, their pasture land, any element of their economy that's up there that they're going to have to dig out through this and What's not going to make it any better is the colder temperatures. And you hit into those northern latitudes up into Canada and the freezing uh, temperatures along with water. Well, I'll tell you, that is not a good combination to kind of climb out of this situation. So just keep those folks up in the northwestern part of the country and into southern Canada in your thoughts and prayers as they work to get through this process of this major devastating flood situation. Well, stay with us. When we come back, we're going to get into our featured interview as Patrick Linnell is going to be joining us with Cattle Facts as we talk about what they're anticipating and looking at that could affect the cattle markets into 2022 we'll be back with more on the working ranch radio show It's a competitive calf market, and buyers want calves that will perform, period. And a proven solution is Simmental. In fact, data from the Tri-County Steer Carcass Fertility from 2002 through 2018 on nearly 60,000 head of calves revealed that Simmental sired calves represented the highest carcass-valued sired group over English and other continental breed groups. And the sire group that was the second highest carcass value was Simangus sire. So... The proof's right there. For low-risk, high-potential calves with earning potential, be confident that Sim Genetics will give you more per head, period. Stand strong 
Simmental. It's weaning time, one of the biggest days of the year for you and the most stressful for your calves. Ensure a smooth transition with the VitaCharge Weaning Program. This two-step program with the AmaFirm Advantage gives calves the nutritional boost they need to get through the first weeks of weaning, accelerate appetite, increase weight gain, and improve health. It's weaning time. Get them ready with VitaCharge. For more information, visit VitaFirm.com forward slash Vita-Charge. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills. Thanks for joining us on our program today. As we turn now towards our featured interview today, brought to you by Biozyme, Protect and Recovery with Vita Charge by Biozyme. For more information, visit vitafirm.com forward slash Vita-Charge. Well, as I said in our opening today, our featured interview is Patrick Linnell with Cattle Facts, as I was able to sit down with him recently at the Range Beef Cow Symposium right there in the middle of the trade show after they had uh, after a break and things were a little bit quieter in there. And we, and we talked about what he presented to the folks there at the symposium about what they are looking at, the factors that are going to affect or have affected the industry and that will play out and what we're going to see in the market for us as we look ahead into 2022. So with that, let's turn now towards my conversation with Patrick Linnell with Cattle Facts. Patrick, thanks for joining us here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Yeah, happy to be here. Well, uh, as, as you started your talk here this morning, I thought it was interesting because as I shared with you before we started our, our interview here today, it was, uh, I think for ranchers out there, we hear, we've heard the outlook that it looks like this market is going to get a little bit better. And, and we're going to talk more about that mm. later on. But at the same time, we're also hearing issues in the economy and the word inflation. So it's looking like what we're the highest since 1990, 6.2%, uh, the highest since 1990. So how is that going to play as we look ahead? Yeah. And, and I mean, your first point is pretty valid. Yeah, that we've been talking about things getting better for a long time. And I think it's been, it's been very frustratingly slow in mm. terms of the tide turning. And I think everybody um, and their dog thought that, you know, the market <laughs> would be turning sooner than it has. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just been, you know, it, it, it's worn on people's patience for sure. Um, but we are starting to see that change. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen the fed cattle market move $8 higher in three weeks. Um, and the market just has a different tone to it. Um, that means that, you know, with any, any market, there's always ups and downs um, with it, but it, it really does feel like the tone is turning. Mm-hmm. And from a big picture standpoint, you know, like we talked about um, in the seminar this morning, that cattle supplies are tightening and, you know, packing capacity and cattle numbers are going to be coming back in line um, pretty quickly, we believe. Um, so that does leave, you know, upside, you know, mm-hmm. for, for the market. Sure. With inflation, if it continues to rise, you guys are saying we're going to see these markets, cattle markets, look like they're getting better. If that inflation continues to rise and you say money's not going to be as cheap as it was a few years ago, right. what are we going to see those effects for, from us as ranchers? Yeah, exactly. And the the inflation conversation you know, is pretty pretty broad-based, but it's something you know pretty different than what we've been used mm-hmm. to in the last few years, you know, sub-2% inflation. Um 
that's not that's not going to be coming back anytime soon in our vision. No, you know, this 6.2% inflation that we saw in October, um, we don't expect that we'll see those numbers continue, okay. but it still will be something higher than what we've been used to. So, you know, as a cow-calf producer, you know, looking across your business, um, you know, you can expect that these higher prices will likely continue uh, in mm-hmm. terms of input costs. Um, corn moving yep. higher, so costs of gains are higher. Um, but you look across the feedstuff um, complex, and all grains are also higher, and obviously yeah. hay too as well. Yeah, um, yeah. and and with that, um, you know, land costs. If you can find the forage, um, it's expensive. From a cost standpoint, that's going to be something that you know, the producer really needs to watch and monitor for the next few years. Um, because on on the uh, revenue side of the of the equation, yeah, that should be moving up um, just in terms of tighter cattle supplies. Yeah. Um, but we do need to manage the cost side to really capitalize, you know, on that higher revenue. And with that, you know, you bring up a good point about interest rates. Um, you know, we've been pretty well lulled to sleep by money that's essentially free. You know, from a lending standpoint. Um, yeah, the Fed's told us that they won't be increasing interest rates until the second half of next year, likely. Um, but if you know inflation is stronger than you know than what we're expecting, and that what other groups are expecting, we could see them start moving interest rates higher um, sooner than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, you know, over the next few years, um, money won't be as cheap as it has been. Sure, we won't go back to twelve percent interest rates <laughs> well, or something not. like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, but it won't be you know three and a half percent is yeah. uh, is probably out of the question. Yeah. Let's get to the specifics. Uh, you, you mentioned that, uh, you know, just inventory numbers. I, and that's the conversation that I've had with folks, too, is, I mean, just scientifically, numbers-wise, is going to indicate that our markets are going to look better uh, in, into the next coming year. So let's look at those beef cow numbers, feeder numbers. And then I want to talk about here in just a bit, I'll ask you that, about the dairy something that you talked about right. with the dairy herd. I want to talk about that a bit. Yeah, but first, let's, there. let's talk about the beef cow inventory and what we're seeing there. Yeah. So, you know, even before we came into the pandemic, we were starting to liquidate the cow herd um, just on some constrained profitability, um, you know, across the mm-hmm. board, you know, returns just not as good as they had been. Um, so we were in this before we hit the pandemic and yeah. that's yeah. obviously continued that trend. Um, and then now, you know, in, in the Northern half of the country and and in the west drought has uh, continued mm-hmm. that so we are looking towards tighter cattle supplies um so with that you know smaller yeah. beef production as well um we're seeing really strong export numbers continue so moving more beef product off our shores that's further supra- supportive to price um and then within that um you know as we get cattle supplies more in line with the shackle space and packing capacity yeah, it, it leaves room for some more margin realignment um, just naturally as you get those things, you know, more balanced. Yeah. Um, instead of this world that we've been living in where we have um, more hooves than we do hooks, well, as they come more in line, um, yeah, that leaves room for upside potential on the, for the cattle side. One of the things you talked about is the last high that we saw in the cattle market was very, very extreme. And then we saw a low, you know, that's a cycle. We, we understand that. But it was pretty extreme on both ends, high and the low. We're going to see that, that of a dramatic high and low in the, as this market starts to increase. Yeah, you know, we don't think so at this point. 
the low that we hit, we probably would have seen a low in 2020, even without the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And then the pandemic made that substantially worse. Um, but towards the upside on the other side of this, um, we don't believe at this point that we'll price ourselves out of the market sure. um, like we did and where we really burned you know, consumer yeah. demand for beef um, when both beef supplies and total protein supplies got so tight in 2014. Um, we don't expect that to be the case this time around. Yeah. We're not going to contract the cow herd as much. And then there's also more plentiful um, competing proteins. Yeah. So what that means is that um, that we don't have to liquidate so aggressively on the other side mm-hmm. um, of this cattle cycle. We're going to take a break here in our conversation with Patrick Linnell of Cattle Facts. As I recently sat down with him at the Range Beef Cow Symposium to talk about his presentation to those uh, that attended the symposium. And when we come back, we're going to jump into a conversation about a trend in the beef industry involving the dairy industry that I was not aware of. And I think it's interesting to hear his perspective on it as we continue when we come back on the Working Ranch Radio Show. There's assurance in buying bulls from a proven program, and a program that's been proven time and time again is Keneally Angus. So mark your calendar now for Keneally Angus Fall Bull Sale, Monday, November 22nd, the Monday before Thanksgiving, offering approximately 350 head of fully guaranteed older bulls with free wintering and free delivery nationwide. These are bulls out of the industry's leading sires with genomic enhanced EPDs. They'll also be offering six head of heifer calves. Remote bidding will be available so for more information or to request a catalog, go to KeneallyAngus.com. It's Keneally Angus Fall Bull Sale, Monday, November 22nd at 12 noon Mountain, the Monday before Thanksgiving. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills, and we're glad to have you here tuning in with us today. By the way, if you want to go back and listen to it, this is episode 48. So that is the way that you can find us there on any podcast provider. This segment is being brought to you today by Performance Beef. And the question is, how do you manage data for your cattle business? You know, you can stop relying on pen and paper or complicated programs, and now you can get real-time access from anywhere with performance beef you can update rations you can generate real-time closeout reports record health data right there at the chute out in the pen or in the pasture or analyze performance trends and you can do it all in one place with ease your feed financial and health information is integrated in one easy to use platform and it's accessible from your computer or your smartphone or your tablet you can find performance beef online to learn more and request a demo well our featured interview today is with patrick linnell with cattle facts i recently sat down with him in the trade show of the range beef cow symposium in rapid city south dakota as we talked about his presentation and what he has shared with producers at that meeting so we rejoined that conversation between patrick linnell of cattle facts and myself you touched on a topic that I hadn't heard of yet, and I think this is interesting. And I and I and maybe I've just had my head in the sand here, out working on <laughs> working on the place here. But and that was the dairy industry breeding some to beef bulls to try to get some dual purpose on these cattle. Explain what's going on there. Yeah, and this is a pretty significant revolution that we've seen in the last few years, um, where where the the dairy segment they're taking their lower half of their cows and breeding them to um, to beef AI sires, 
And you know, there, there's been a bit of that going on for years, but okay. um, the genetics world, they've, they've really honed in on what kind of beef genetics to use that really complement sure. that, that get a, a very productive um, beef producing animal out of that, mm-hmm. um, out of the, the Holstein, um, Holstein native beef yeah. cross. And so what you'll ultimately see is yeah, if you sell them as a week old, they're worth maybe $120 more per head. Or even uh, you know, for the dairy, they're worth retaining ownership on you know, through the feeding segment because they're just a, a, a more efficient animal than a traditional Holstein steer. Mm-hmm. You know, we see that that, that revolution um, could facilitate you know, more long-term growth um, in the dairy side. But it's not necessarily, one thing you point out, it's not necessarily an increase in numbers, it's just a change in the genetics. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's not, you know, that Holstein steer was going to be here either yeah. way, but now we've made him a more productive animal. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting, and it's a pretty, it's a, I think it'll be a benefit in terms of beef demand for the industry as a whole as well, because if you think about it, one big problem with those Holstein cross, or those Holstein steers is, irregular shaped ribeyes yeah. um, even though they grade well yeah the the shape and things like that from a consumer standpoint the acceptability isn't quite yeah. there well the beef dairy cross you might give back a little bit in terms of quality but the uniformity is so much better yeah that ma- that makes a lot of sense I want to switch directions and let's talk about because you you showed a lot of graphs a lot of information about just meat products in general and and of course beef we got beef poultry and pork and so uh, when we look at that and how as we come out of this time frame, whether, it's, whether you want to look at it as a cattle cycle or even coming out of COVID uh, situation, pork and poultry still pretty stiff competition for beef, but we still have the market share in terms of dollars. So explain that concept a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a pretty stark difference when you look at just pounds of consumption versus market share of consumer dollars. Mm-hmm. Pork and poultry, they sell, sell more tonnage to the consumer than we do, um, but we actually have a higher percent market share of that of those dollars. And that's been a trend for a long time yeah. as we're just the higher quality protein um, of the mix. And so consumers are ready to, you know, if they're going to have a nice night, um, you know, throw something on the grill, then they turn to beef. Sure. But, um, you know, over the course of the pandemic, we think we've even more reinforced that yeah. because, you know, you've even taken, you know, prime uh, you know prime product that would have been at a white tablecloth restaurant you move that into the retail segment mm-hmm. people got a taste of it maybe for the first time so i think it's that's a benefit that's here to last mm-hmm. here to stay in my mind i'm thinking though too there's there's kind of a little catch there too because we like you said before we don't want to price ourselves out of the market either and i th- and is there yeah. something with that no, that, that and, you know like kind of a catch 22 exactly and that ties back to the inflation conversation you know as as average consumers are looking at their prices yeah you know, that they pay for everything across the board going up um, winter heating bills gasoline things like that as well um, do they get a little bit more price sensitive to the higher price protein? Mm-hmm. And you know, that is yeah. certainly a risk. And especially as we look into early New Year, people are spending so much more for Christmas presents yeah. this year. Um, credit card bills become due early in the New Year. You know, there is, you know, there's always uh, you know, potential challenges on the horizon um, and things that we need to watch in terms of demand. Um, and, and those are things that you know we're monitoring and are and are on our radar, but um, we do think that yeah 
that the consumer really likes our product. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe there's some downside to retail prices, but this broader inflationary trend um, means that even if it does come down, it probably won't be too significant. Sure. Want to change directions again now, and let's talk about another big factor in our cattle cycle that was a concern when we had packing plants go offline, and that is hook space. And that looks to be some dynamics of that changing in the industry as well, and that's something you guys are taking into account is that increased capacity for processing. And so that's going to play a factor as we go forward as well. Yep. I mean, even pre-pandemic, we had an imbalance mm-hmm. in terms of packing capacity versus cattle numbers, and and we saw that reflected in in leverage and margins. Um, and then the pandemic just made that a thousand times worse. As we look going forward, there's quite a few announcements of you know medium to small size facilities um, opening up over the next few years. Add that on top of you know regaining some efficiencies in these existing plants. You know as we hopefully get these labor challenges figured yeah. out. Also see more more automation and just general efficiencies um, mm-hmm. in these plants. That that we could see you know some more gains on the packing capacity side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we think that that'll be pretty critical going forward too. If we do want to regrow the cow herd and then not run into the same situation in five years from now, yeah. having too many cattle compared to compared to packing capacity. Sure. Something that you uh, touched on right there, and I see it, I mean, we hear it across not just the ag industry, but just whether it's even food service industry, but labor is now, I mean, that's a huge deal. And you talk to anybody, I've had interviews with other guests here, and you talk to private business owners, whether it's a fencing company or whether it's, uh, and then you talk about these these major processing plants coming online. Labor it's, is a big issue, it's and, it, and it's really becoming way bigger. How do we move past this? How do we make this become kind of a non-issue? Is there a way? Is yeah, that the it, silver bullet, it, or is that kind of the big question out there? I mean, it will be, it, it's hard to say, but I would assume that it's a continued trend as far as being a challenge. Mm-hmm. Now, it'll slowly but surely get better, but, I mean, it is a challenge as you think about yeah, the fact that people can work, you know, in a fast food um, segment and, you know, make $15, $16 yeah. an hour compared to $22, you know, working in a packing plant at irregular hours, tough work. So uh, that's going to be a continued challenge. Um, yeah. We are starting to see where that's getting better. Um, but that was even a challenge, you know, for for decades, Um because those are hard jobs. Yeah. I was commenting the other day about the fact that kind of some, maybe this was intended, I don't know, uh, but unintended consequence. I don't know whether you want to view it one way or the other, but with some of the COVID payments that have come to people to not work has actually brought our labor rates way high, which was where there was a segment of our country that was really pushing for higher minimum wage we're there and they, yeah. there's no laws saying we got to pay 15 bucks an hour, but that's what it's going to take to even get somebody to walk in the door. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Who knows to say whether that's you know, <laughs> yeah. intended that's, or not, uh, but, uh, and we don't need to go no, there. No, I know. But, yeah. But I mean, that's, that's certainly been the reality. Yeah. Um, there's been some pretty significant wage increases, mm-hmm. you know, because of that, where we had to compete to, you know, pull people back off the sidelines and into the labor force. Yeah. And you know, as far as the packing side goes, and probably a lot of other businesses too, 
with this inflation, we're not going to see those wages come back down. Let's take a pause right there. My guest today is Patrick Linnell with Cattle Facts as we are talking about the things that they're looking ahead in into 2022. When we come back, we're going to address the topic on sustainability and how they see that being a factor moving forward for our cattle industry. We'll be back with more on the Working Ranch Radio Show. You're listening to Rural Radio, Channel 147, Sirius XM. Animal health is key to your business. So how do you track cattle health treatments? Well, stop relying on pen and paper or complicated programs. Performance Beef helps you record processing data, enter costs, and track animal health history all in real time at the shoot. The mobile app also makes it easy to log pasture and pen treatments on the go. Your health data is integrated with feed and financial information in one easy-to-use platform, accessible from your computer, smartphone, or tablet. Find Performance Beef online to request a demo. It's the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills. We're glad to have you here with us today. As my featured interview today is with Patrick Linnell of Cattle Facts. I recently sat down with him in the trade show of the Range Beef Cow Symposium in Rapid City, South Dakota, as we talked about his presentation and some of the things, the factors, the influencers that Cattle Facts is seeing that are going to be factors in the cattle market uh, for the remainder of this year and mostly in looking ahead into 2022. Now, the next topic we're going to get into in my conversation with Patrick is in regards to a subject that we've talked about here. In fact, Dr. Kim Stackhouse Lawson was a guest I had a while back on one of our programs as we were talking about sustainability in our industry. And so when we rejoin our conversation, that's where we're going to be going down and how Cattle Facts is looking at that and that playing a factor in our beef industry, not necessarily in the near term, but re- even really a long term perspective look at the topic of sustainability. Let's rejoin my conversation with Patrick Linnell of Cattle Facts. One of the things you talked about there a little bit later on was um, sustainability. Kind of the it's it is a buzzword in the industry right now. I think there's there's some there's some good things about that. I think it's there's some things that we need to be very aware of with that. How are you guys looking at that that terminology and that element within our beef industry? Yeah, you know it it seems like over the last few years that sustainability has. It's been a maturing conversation, and the mm-hmm. science seems to be maturing alongside of it, um, you know, which is pretty encouraging, I think. Yeah. And we've also seen where there's just a there's a ton of money um, being invested in sustainability. Even if you just look at sustainable investment funds, mm-hmm. huge money coming in. And so I think you know it may not be there or here quite yet, but I think in the coming years there should be quite a few opportunities for for cow-calf producers um, you know, to engage in that conversation productively mm-hmm. um, and to be you know, financially rewarded. And I think there's, there's coming to be a recognition that sustainability practices that work in one area of the country don't work in others. And, you know, working with those those type of realities. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it might end up becoming another revenue channel for producers to, um, 
you know, to look at implementing some practices sure. that are, you know, at the end of the day, good for the cattle, good for the land and, and get financially rewarded for mm-hmm. it. I want to drill down a little deeper on that. When you say practices, and I know, I kind of know what you're talking about, but let's get kind of specific on some of that kind of stuff, because I think there's things that some of these ranchers have been doing already for years, and it's a matter of just capitalizing on what they've been doing but let's talk about some of those specific practices that that you're just kind of aware of here yeah and and i mean i want to be you know front center that i'm no expert on sure that yeah yeah sustainability you and those you know different practices um you know things like rotational grazing places mm-hmm. where that works um you know just grazing management as far as you know how you rotate cattle through the rangeland water usage those are the ones that come to mind for me. Okay. And maybe even down the road, it becomes things like, you know, feed supplements or something like that, 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 uh, you know, reduce emissions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to say exactly for me, <laughs> yeah. which, which becomes the most prevalent routes. But I think, you know, we'll, we'll learn mm-hmm. um, in the next few years. And I think maybe the conversation or the topic that we, we're we not really going to get into because neither you nor I are really experts <laughs> on this, but I just want to kind of topically hit it. But we're talking about carbon offsetting some of these companies. Is that That's kind of what we're talking about a little bit. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, a, a Coca-Cola of the world, yeah. they may not be able to get towards carbon zero in their own supply chain. But they can do that through buying carbon offsets, you know, or carbon markets or, you know, who knows what the channel is. Yeah. The question for me is, yeah, do producers need to implement new practices or can they just verify things that they're already doing? You know, which blend of the two is it? Yeah. Yeah. We'll just have. It's to pretty see. new. It's 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 it's. I mean, it's some of it. We're like you say. It's we're just going to have to ease into it with our eyes wide open a little bit. <laughs> exactly. <huh? laughs> um, I want to get now into just outlook. Yeah, we've talked a little bit about market outlook. Uh, let's talk about in the next maybe twelve to fourteen, eighteen months, and just what what are we going to see w- with the market specifically uh, the the different class types of cattle out there. Right. Right. Um, starting on the fed cattle side, you know, like I said, you know, we've uh, over the last three weeks we've moved cattle eight dollars per hundredweight higher pretty significant Mm -hmm. move there um you know we may see ups and downs along the way but we think the trend will be pretty firmly higher you know in through the spring um you know pushing fed cattle up into the mid uh, potentially upper 140s probably some kind of summer pullback you know like we always see Mm -hmm. um and then taking another leg higher um you know into the fourth quarter second half of next year Mm-hmm. As we look at that, uh, is there anything that would that could negatively affect what you guys are? I mean, when you look at everything, you're saying, okay, here's here's the reasons why we think it's going to go higher, but here's one thing we're watching from a negative standpoint that could really hamper that. Yeah, you know, we are still at a at a place where if we had some big slaughter hiccups um, in terms of you know challenges there, um, we're pretty sensitive to that um, if that were to occur, but relative to the fed cattle you know there's there's nothing that we see necessarily on the horizon like like we talked about beef demand yeah. if it really underperforms what we would expect then maybe but at this point we think the trend should be in our favor there mm-hmm. uh, no relative to calves and feeder cattle um corn cost of gains um you know those could be a challenge yeah that you know we see cost of gains that are yeah, significantly higher than what we'd been used to for most of the most of the last decade. Mm-hmm. So it, it could hold those values down. 
but we'd look at those prices as you know they're higher, but they're they they should be stabilizing. Mm-hmm. And I know, I mean, you're not a meteorologist, but I know with what Cattlefax does, you take into account the weather conditions and how that's going to affect our markets as well. And, you know, as we well see, this drought this year was really a large portion of the western half of the U.S. And so from the weather perspective, topically, are you sensing that this weather is going to give way a little bit and be supportive of these markets? Yeah, I I think so. But, um, yeah, just like the the cattle markets in general, maybe not as soon as we'd like. Sure, yeah. Um, Yeah, the expectation, the the forecast that we watch um, suggests that, you know, as we work through the winter, that um, we'll have a little bit more average snowfall and precipitation, you know, through the north Mm -hmm. um, and northwest. And then as we get into late spring, early summer, um, we should begin flipping from this uh, La Nina pattern to El Nino mm-hmm. um, and starting to see that, you know, the more precipitation that comes with that. Hopefully that's sooner than later, you <laughs> yeah. know, to get uh, get that spring growth yeah. coming. Well, I know that's uh, a lot of guys that I have talked to, they're really reserved Two things: one, weather, and one, the inflation conversation that we had a bit ago. And I, meteorologist Don Day joined us in our final segment uh, today, and, and we've always kind of used him on a long-term weather. You know what you guys are seeing is kind of what he's coinciding. Uh, you, you know, had said as well that you know latter half of the spring to summer we could start to see that break. What that's going to look like is it going to be you know in my area we're a 15-inch annual precip. Is that going to be a 20-inch precip this year? Probably not. I mean, it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> but probably not, but at least better than last year. Yeah. Yeah. That that would be our expectation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you get more average through the winter and, you know, in through the early spring, you know, that helps. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the reality is it will it will take a couple of years of good rains, I think, to really change this, you know, for yeah, places where the groundwater's been depleted. Yeah. Let's pause here again in my conversation with Patrick Linnell of Cattle Facts. We're gonna come back and when we do Some good advice he offers as we head into a market that is potentially offering more profitability. Some things to keep in mind. We're going to be back with more on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Coming to the Las Vegas Convention Center, December 8th, 9th, and 10th, it's the Working Ranch Expo, brought to you by Working Ranch Magazine. It's thousands of feet of space filled with the ranch industry's leading equipment manufacturers and suppliers, plus great speakers that will inspire and educate you. And we're in the hall just across from Cowboy Christmas. Register to attend at WorkingRanchExpo.com. It's Working Ranch Expo by day, NFR by night. We'll see you at the Expo. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills. Thanks for joining us here today. Our featured interview has been with Patrick Linnell of Cattlefax. As I recently sat down with him in Rapid City, South Dakota, as we were talking about uh, the presentation that he had given to the folks attending the Range Beef Cow Symposium. And if you're just joining our program and you want to go back and listen to it, we we were actually, we've been talking about a lot of different factors and elements that they think are going to be influencers in our cattle market and our beef industry 
in the in the next year or so, and even further out than that. This is episode forty eight, and if you want to go back and listen through our podcast, uh, any podcast provider out there, that is the episode you need to be looking for. As we wrap up our conversation with Patrick, though, uh, some some good advice to start it out here as we head into a part of our, our cattle cycle or our industry that is potentially showing more profitability. Let's turn back to our conversation between myself and Patrick Linnell of Cattle Facts. As we kind of get ready to close up here, you had a quote that I thought was just perfect i got to write this down and you in my mind and practice it and that was don't let greed trump profitability well i'll tell you what we're terrible ranchers sometimes at that like well i'm holding out for another nickel holding out for another (laughs) nickel and so expand on that a little bit more (laughs) yeah you know as we head into this environment of higher prices you know we think it's important to give yourself some room and to position yourself to take advantage of those higher price trends but at the end of the day, you know, we never know when the next black swan um, mm-hmm. event might hit. You know, the next thing that comes out of nowhere and, you know, slaps you in the side of the face. Yeah. Um, so waiting for that last nickel versus, you know, hey, I've got a pretty solid profit at these levels. You know, I'm going to walk it in or I'm going to sell my calves. Doing things like that, you know, I think there's there's a lot of value in that, mm-hmm. you know, maintaining that that perspective. And I think that's where, you know, things like, like options or LRP um, insurance, you know, really play a role mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, letting yourself capitalize on these higher markets, but protecting against the who knows factor. You bet. I find it interesting because when you talk about not being greedy, you know, knowing where your mark is to where you're profitable. And I, and we've had Dallas Mount with Ranch Management Consultants on our show. And, and I mean, he's going to, if he's listening to this, he's going to say, we have to know as a rancher, we have to know what our gross margin is on our enterprises. And I, as, as I'm sitting here now, I'm like, and I got to get my stuff done. So I know what that point is as I'm marketing calves for 2022. And, right. you know, we don't know profitability if we really don't know know and we're honest with ourselves about what we're putting into these cattle yeah exactly i mean and if you know you know know what your costs are um, know where your break-evens are and you know realize the the level of profitability that you might have at a certain level you know maybe it makes sense to just give up on that extra dollar and move on and go do something else and know that you've locked in a good profit you bet well i want to thank you for joining us here today on the working ranch radio show yeah thanks for having me glad to be here and another thank you to my guest today, Patrick Linnell of Cattle Facts, sitting down with me at the recent Range Beef Cow Symposium in Rapid City, South Dakota, to share with us here on our program some of the information that he shared with those attending that symposium. Now, I might also mention, speaking of Cattle Facts, that they're having their 2022 Outlook and Strategies Seminar, and that's coming up real soon. In fact, it's going to be Tuesday, November 30th, 8 to 4 o'clock. Now, there's two ways you can attend that. You can do it in person. It It'll be at the Denver Marriott South Park Meadows, Lone Tree, Colorado, or you can also do it virtually. So if you want to find out more, go to their website, cattlefacts.com, and go under the About tab, and you'll find the information to Cattle Facts' 2022 Outlook and Strategy Seminar coming up Tuesday, November 30th. Our featured interview today is being brought to you by Biosign. Protect and recovery with VitaCharge by Biosign. For more information, visit vitafirm.com forward slash Vita dash charge. We'll stay with us up next. Meteorologist Don Day joins us with a look at our long-term weather. We'll be back with more on the Working Ranch Radio Show. 
Ranching has been in the Hardgrove family for generations, and they know the value of keeping a ranch in the family. Hardgrove Ranch Insurance provides pasture, range, and forage insurance to ranchers across the nation. PRF Insurance is a USDA-subsidized program that allows ranchers to insure against the risk of below-average rainfall. Hardgrove Ranch Insurance utilizes industry-leading custom software to provide the rancher with information they need to stay up-to-date and educated on their policy throughout the year. Hargrove Ranch Insurance supports ranchers for this generation, the next, and those yet to come. Contact Hargrove Ranch Insurance at 325-573-8975 for a free custom quote or online at hargroveinsurance.com. Welcome back to our final segment here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills, and we turn now to our long-term weather. Today being brought to you by Hargrove Ranch Insurance, providing pasture, range, and forage insurance to ranchers all across the nation. And, you know, our, our guest today that we had hearing from Cattle Facts, Patrick Linnell, talking about maybe looking at some risk protection elements that are available through LRP. Well, if you have questions about that, give Hargrove Ranch Insurance a call at 325-573-8975 for a free custom quote or check them out online at hargroveinsurance.com. Well, we're joined now by meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. Don, thanks for joining us here on our program today. Thanks for having me. So I, I know that one of the things that you have been talking about on your podcast is getting, hoping to get a little bit more clarity as time goes by as to what our long-term weather is going to be looking like. We've seen the three different weather models kind of forecasting three different things uh, when we're looking at uh, our, long, really, when I'm talking long-term, kind of late November, December weather and we're seeing some pretty cold weather over the northern cap of the of the globe and we're just wondering now where that's going to come and settle at so what are we starting to see take shape with that well yeah as you mentioned uh, the, the cold air in those higher northern latitudes is growing getting deeper and covering a larger area and it, the best analogy is like a, a dam the cold air is kind of like the water behind a a dam in a reservoir, and eventually what you want to do is you you know the dam is going to break, and you know eventually that cold air is going to cut loose. The trick is when will that happen, and where is that cold air really going to focus in on? And as we go and take a look at the month of November so far, other than the southeastern United States, it's been a pretty mild November, really. And as we get to the end of the month in early December, we're going to see that change because we're seeing a weather pattern developing out in the North Atlantic, that's causing a large area of high pressure to build up. Uh, this would be between the, the North American continent and Europe, stretching up to near Greenland. And what that does is it kind of, a, we call it a blocking pattern, where if that high pressure, it stays there for a while, the cold air rotating around the, the higher latitudes, well, a lot of times it just doesn't have a chance to circulate around the globe. It has two places to go, usually into Europe and then into North America. And this is something that we see potentially developing right at the end of November into early December, which would mean that North America, Canada, and a good part of the central United States can expect a much colder transition once we leave November into early December. Mm -hmm. Um, From a meteorological standpoint, Justin, our meteorological winter starts in early December. Our meteorological seasons don't necessarily match astronomically like we would in, let's say, the third week of December. Mm -hmm. So it's about the time when we would expect things to come. Mm -hmm. 
And one of the things that I noticed as with that was, and you just touched on it there a little bit too, it looks like that if this happens, that it central U.S., eastern half, really colder than normal, western half, is it going to be a little average or above normal? Is that what you're seeing, or did I interpret that wrong? No, you interpret that correctly. One thing to remember about these really cold air masses that come out of the higher latitudes is cold air, Arctic air especially, is dense. It's heavier. It always goes to the lowest point of gravity. So a lot of times, if the Arctic air isn't deep enough, it cannot get over the continental divide. Um, And so what ends up happening, the Great Basin states in the west, the far west, will tend to miss out on these cold waves. But along the east slopes of the Rockies and into the Midwest, sort of the breadbasket, you know, it's like a, a big basin and that cold air can easily go in there. It has no resistance from terrain. Mm-hmm. So there is a tendency for that cold air to want to go down the east slopes of the Rockies into the Midwest and into the Great Lakes. And then the question will be is, will the direction of the cold be more towards the middle part of the country, the east coast, or more towards the Rockies? And that's something that we'll have to sort out. We may see all three of those locations at one point or another experience some of that colder air in early December. Okay. All right. Well, Don, thanks for joining us here on our program today. Thanks for having me. And again, that's meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. And you can check out his daily video podcast by going to his website at dayweather.com. And just another reminder, as we talked about earlier in the program when we were talking about the Working Ranch Expo, that's going to be December 8th, 9th, and 10th in Las Vegas. He will be one of the presenters. In fact, his talk will be at 1.30 on December 9th. Today's weather is being brought to you by Hargrove Ranch Insurance, providing pasture range and forage insurance to ranchers across the nation. Give them a call at 325-573-8975 for a free custom quote or check them out online at Hargrove Insurance. Dot com. A thank you to our other sponsors as well. The American Simmental Association. You know, we are in the middle of bull buying season. And with Sim Genetics, heterosis works, which is why with Simmental, it's more per head, period. Find out more at Simmental.org. Biozyme, protect and recovery with VitaCharge by Biozyme. For more information, visit VitaFirm.com forward slash Vita-Charge. Performance Beef. Find Performance Beef online to learn more and request a demo. And finally, Keneally Angus. Their fall bull sale coming up this Monday before Thanksgiving, November 22nd. You can find out more at KeneallyAngus.com. Now, here's the deal, folks. They deliver nationwide and they winter these bulls. So it doesn't matter where you're at. There's not a good excuse to check it out. Keneally Angus this coming Monday before Thanksgiving with their fall bull sale. Well, the Working Ranch Radio Show is a production of Working Ranch magazine if you don't have your subscription check it out workingranchmag.com you can get signed up for one of the nation's leading and most read ranch magazines there is out there if you'd like to get a hold of me you can do it by calling or texting the studio at 307-363-COWS my email is justin.workingranch at gmail.com well join us right here every saturday and sunday at 12 noon eastern on rural radio channel 147 sirius xm or on your podcast provider thanks for joining me i'm your host justin mill And until next time, keep your chin down and your mind in the middle. So long.